The restaurant news has been coming fast and furious the last few weeks. We'll check in with reporter Haley Cawthon on what's new in the Louisville food scene. That's coming up on the Access Louisville podcast. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hey there. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So guys, we had a story this week about a Louisville farmer's market going online. It's called Farm and House. And if you're looking it up, it's spelled Farm Plus House. And it features produce, meats, cheese, and more that are locally sourced uh, from local farms. And it sounds like it's a pretty good option for people trying to avoid crowds. So my question to you guys is, are you generally speaking farmer's market kind of people? And has that changed for you this year because of the pandemic? I'll start. Generally, I like going to the farmer's market, but I, you know, I saw one. I was out at Park, uh, Parklands of Fort, Floyd's Fork has one. And me and my wife were out there a few weeks ago and I was kind of interested, but, um, you know, there was just too many people around. I didn't want to go over there and get into a big crowd, uh, just for some produce. So this really does sound like a cool option. I'll link it in the description so people can find it. Uh, and I checked it out. There's a lot, I mean, way more than I expected as far as produce on this website. So, uh, it sounds pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, Haley, I guess I'll go to you first. Are you a farmer's market person? Yeah, I like farmer's markets. Um, I think they're really cool and a great way to get to know people, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. small businesses and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm kind of like partial to the in-person experience um, <laughs> right, because right. you can kind of look around. <laughs> yeah, I like so I always prefer shopping in person versus online. I think I'm the minority there, but I like looking at stuff and touching stuff. And that's those are kind of no-nos in Corona world. But yeah. <laughs> Um, I do like farmers market and farmers markets and this uh new thing um allows you to order from area farms almost like you order from grocery stores on Instacart. So um yeah. I think it's the convenience factor is pretty cool for people who are into that type of thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it does take something away because you don't get that. Like the farmers market's all about kind of going there, meeting the farmer who grew the produce and kind of that sort of thing, but uh, you don't get that here. But at least you get some some local produce. How about you, Marty? Are you you're kind of a farmers market guy, or, or, or no? Yeah, my wife likes them more than I do, but I I enjoy them as well. I'm and I'm the same. Haley, I don't like shopping online for groceries. I'm mm -hmm. very much an in person kind of person. I, I deal now though is I like when I touch produce in a store. I feel like I have to buy. It. Like I just feel like <laughs> yeah, I can put true, it back. Cause... I'm like that's just nobody wants my germs. <laughs> uh, so. I typically buy it even if I don't really like it or want it, just, you know, yeah, out of respect for others. But, um, yeah, yeah I've, I've been a big fan. I guess my favorite farmer's market was actually in oh, I was home state of Wisconsin. It was the biggest farmer's market I've ever seen, and they had everything you could think of. So definitely like yeah. when, when you have plenty of choices. Uh, some are smaller than others. But, uh, yeah, if I can find a big one, then I'm, I'm pretty into it. 
Yeah, um, I uh, I do like shopping online for groceries. I, I think going grocery shopping is like my least favorite shopping trip to make. I, I don't know why. I do I like cooking, but for some reason, uh, just going to the grocery and the crowds and the the lines and uh, I don't know. Just it all seems pretty uh, pretty awful to me. <laughs> but maybe I'm just <laughs> the, being whiny. <laughs> well, the crowds used to just be kind of annoying. Like if you'd go on a weekend and it'd be really crowded, you'd be like, "Man, there's so many people here. It's bothering me." But now it's like, "Oh, this is concerning." <laughs> I know, um, and also like you get the people who aren't wearing the mask and. You know, they want to fight about it. That's why they're not wearing the mask. So I'm not going to give them the pleasure <laughs> of, of fighting with them about it. Um, but and, Or they're wearing the mask around their chin. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, a little lighter topic. Uh, well, I guess it's not actually because we're going to talk about restaurant closings. But I want to talk about some restaurant news that's been going on lately. Um seems like the early part of the year a lot of people were predicting kind of a reckoning when it comes to restaurants and uh, a lot of closings because of the coronavirus uh we we did see some of that but it seems like lately we just had a, a, a lot of different closing announcements to make so Haley, i'll let you uh, talk about some of those i guess the latest one you did was uh crescent hill craft house uh so what's going on there i guess uh, what did the owners say on that one uh, yeah, so this one was kind of unusual, um, or kind of unexpected, I guess. I guess all of them are a little unexpected, but this one was unexpected in the way uh, they didn't say that it was closing because of the financial struggles with Corona. Um, and most restaurants have been citing that as a reason, um, you know, struggling with sales because they can't have as many people inside and not many people are um, venturing out to dine out still. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of people have been citing that as a reason for closure, um, but Crescent Hill Craft House didn't. Um, they just said it's been a great run. Um, you know, it's the staff and you guys who have supported us that have helped us have a great run. And mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we're just going to close. Um, but something to note there is that the owners behind Crescent Hill Craft House and Parlor in Jeffersonville um, are opening two new concepts in downtown Louisville at in the former Griff's location on Second and Liberty Streets. Right, right. So they could just be um, refocusing their attention on these mm -hmm. new concepts and letting go of one concept that maybe is wasn't ex as successful for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like they're getting out of the business entirely. They're just no. kind of focusing on something else. Um, yep. And that's good uh, real estate there, I think. Uh, where, where was Crescent Hill Craft House located? Oh man, it was on Frankfurt. You're gonna put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, come back to me on that question. <laughs> I will. Um, I, I think Frankfurt covers it. I just uh, uh, just want to get that in there. Um, and then uh, you know, this is a few weeks back, but uh, we also saw Spring Street Bar and Grill close and Spinelli's close. Um, what was the the reasoning on those? So I never got a hold of anyone for the Spinelli's story. Um, we just had a sign on their door that said they were closed. Um, Spinelli's closed their downtown location. Um, and downtown has had several restaurant closures recently just because of the loss of 
office traffic. No one's back in their office towers yet because of coronavirus. Um, there's been protests, so people haven't went downtown, whether you know it's actually threatening or not. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, coronavirus restrictions, it's made it really hard for downtown um, restaurants and retailers to small businesses um, to operate down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming that contributed to Spinelli's downtown closure. Um, as for uh, Spring Street Bar and Grill, they actually closed back in March, like whenever these restrictions, like the shutdown period took hold for restaurants and retailers, non-essential places. <clears throat> so a lot of restaurants went to like takeout options and still stayed right. open in some capacity, but Spring Street closed completely with the intention of reopening once coronavirus went away and coronavirus has not went away. Um, And so they ultimately just decided to close and they had been open for 33 years. And um, I heard a lot of people are upset because um, their wings were apparently the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about their wings. I never got a chance to drop. I mean, I guess I had a chance, but I didn't take it. Um, So uh, sorry to lose them. Uh, I guess the owner said, uh, maybe he was retiring or something like that. Yep. Yep. The yeah. owner just said that he, he, I think probably retirement had been on his mind prior to coronavirus happening. Um, but coronavirus is kind of like the, well, if I'm going to retire, I might as well do it now <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. type of mentality. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, not to be too much of a downer, there's some new stuff opening too. Uh, what What are some of the things you've written about there? Oh man, there's so many new restaurants opening. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's crazy, um, yeah. I mean, it's it, it surprises me for sure. But I think a lot of people are getting to that point of where they've been working on these new concepts and new ideas for months. Um, you know, whether it's been in construction or them just waiting for restrictions to be lifted and all other sorts of things. Um, they're just like, I'm gonna go for it regardless of what the environment is right now. So. A couple of ones on my opening list. Uh, Swizzle opens tonight, the new rotating restaurant at the Galt House, um, right. which replaced Review. Um, yeah, so Swizzle opens tonight. Um, there's a couple opening in um, September, like Union Restaurant and Game Yard in downtown Jeffersonville. Um, the Ainsworth, a new high-end concept in St. Matthew's. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And they're just kind of flooding in all at once um, for these September opening dates, which is great. Um, I'm happy to be writing about some restaurant openings instead of restaurant closings. Yeah. Um, and I think I've talked with a lot of brave enough yeah, to go do ahead. it. Yeah, I was just saying. I was saying glad, glad there's people brave enough out there to to try it. Um, but uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of these investments have been made, you know, prior to coronavirus. Not very many people were like sitting around. <laughs> Um, during coronavirus thinking, I'm going to start a new new restaurant right now. They were yeah. all in motion like prior to March. Um, so I think that's the discrepancy there. I don't think we'll see many restaurant openings this winter, especially it's going to be a very slow period because um, obviously no one is anticipating opening any new concepts, um, at least in the last half of this year, um, that haven't already been planned out. Right. Sometimes you can only sit so long and I guess wait wait it out before you have yeah. to jump in there. So, um, and then there's still restrictions on um, how many diners can go into restaurants and and seating and that sort of thing. 
So what's the general feeling there? I mean, are, are restaurant owners, are they wanting governors to lift restrictions or, or, uh, or make any changes to what we have? Um, there have been some restaurant owners that have been like, you know, we're cool with um, what Governor Bashir decides um, because honestly, not we're not seating to full capacity anyways, or like we wouldn't be able to seat to full capacity anyways because we're not seeing that traffic yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other restaurant owners who are like downright furious about the whole thing because they're like, why can people pack into Lowe's every weekend? Um, and I can't fill up my restaurant, you know, to save my business. Right. Um, they're, right. Ex- they're especially mad about the curfew, um, especially, you know, places that stay open late night and <clears throat> had a big late night bar crowd um Mm -hmm. they're especially upset that they have to stop serving food and drinks at 10 p.m like they they're like oh does the virus just go away at or does the virus just pop up at you know 1001 (laughs) or 11 or whenever like everyone has to go home they think it's not very science-based in that sense um but they obviously realize that you know everyone's just trying to make the best decision right now and Sometimes the best decision isn't the best business decision. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a delicate walking of the line uh, between business and health. And um, that's kind of what Bashir and Holcomb have to consider when they're making their decisions. So uh, let's see here, Marty. I've kind of just let you you sit there for a little bit. So I'm going to go to you on this question. Uh, when do you guys think people are going to feel comfortable going to restaurants again? Or when are you guys personally going to feel comfortable, I guess? and uh, or, or do you already feel comfortable? Uh, Marty, I'll start with you on that one. Uh, judging by – we've still been doing just carry-out and delivery. Yeah. Uh, but judging by the carry-out that I've done recently, uh, a lot of people are already there. There's, uh, <laughs> I went out last night, and the place was pretty busy where I went. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we – my wife is diabetic, so she's considered in the high-risk category. So yeah. – we're probably going to hold off for a while. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't, I can't tell you when we'll feel safe, but um, you know, I've also just sort of started locking delivery and carry out and there's less hassle because I have two small kids to get ready and I don't have to yeah, deal with them in yeah, restaurants. Yeah. I'm sure so that's a big decider. I, mean, <laughs> I think there's a decent chance that we won't go out to eat much after this is over. Even when it's like COVID's done, just because we sort of like the convenience. Now we'll go out sometimes, but, yeah. You know, I see me going, you know, we used to go out a couple times a week, sometimes more uh, to restaurants. And I just don't see us doing that as much um, right, as COVID. Right. But like I said, based on what I've seen, a lot of people already do feel comfortable, especially in Southern Indiana, where there's uh, the restrictions aren't as, as um, you know, the restrictions are a little looser on in dining oh, yeah. and seating and stuff. So, but yeah, that's that's sort of where we are. We're still doing carry out. Uh, we still are eating out quite a bit, two or three times a week, but yeah. um, we're just because we want to support restaurants, and especially the ones that we get, we frequent a lot. And but yeah, I'm not rushing to get back and sit in there because I kind of like just being able to eat in my in my house and not have to worry about getting the kids ready. So, <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Haley? Um, I'm fairly comfortable. Um. I've been out to eat twice since uh, March. <laughs> um, yeah. I've gotten takeout a lot. Like Mark, Marty said, we get takeout several times a week. 
um, from area restaurants, but we've went out to eat twice and both restaurants that I went to, I didn't feel, you know, worried at all about my safety or how they were handling things. Like everyone was wearing masks. The tables Mm -hmm. were, they weren't seating every table. Um, so you're kind of far away from everybody. Um, so I, I really wasn't worried at all about, you know, catching Corona at the restaurant. Um, I will say, however, that I um, don't want to be going to the restaurants that I see that are like really busy right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't think there's probably a good system. Um, well, like Marty was saying, Southern Indiana restaurants have been like, I don't know if packed is the right word, but they're like hopping. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case in Louisville as much because I'm not over there quite as much. Um, but I I find myself like wanting. Road. It is. Yeah. I, think. I found myself avoiding restaurants that are um, already really busy just because I don't want to be around the people, um, <clears throat> all of the people that go in. And, you know, some people wear masks, some people don't, um, especially in southern Indiana. Um they don't seem to take it <laughs> quite as seriously. Um, I mean, not the restaurant themselves, but the patrons of the restaurant, the people right. that show up. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've found myself visiting places that are a little less um, filled with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I still haven't uh, gone out to a restaurant, but I really miss it. Like, I think I'm really good at waiting stuff out and, I can put up with stuff for a while, but I think it's finally starting to get to me. Like just the fact that I haven't gone anywhere really. And I stay here all like at my house. I mean, I run errands and stuff, but, um, but I haven't like really just gone anywhere for fun in a long time. So it's starting to get to me. I think maybe um, I'll try and talk my wife into it, but uh, she's usually like a a hard solid no on these things. So I'm just like, all right, (laughs) (laughs) kind of going along with what she's doing. But, um, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I think a lot of different opinions on it. So um, we'll switch gears here a little bit and talk about uh, development and real estate here in town. Uh, Marty, you just wrote about a big company leaving downtown for the East End, uh, and that is uh, Dean Dorton. So where are they going? Yeah, they're going to the uh, Shelbyhurst Office Park, uh, which is over off Whittington Parkway. And the mm-hmm. East End, it's actually this particular building is on Whittington Parkway, uh, so it's mm-hmm. become a really, a really hot spot for a lot of companies. Uh, Churchill Downs is headquarters there, Still Technologies, uh, Rat Spring is there, so there's a lot of companies that are anchoring their corporate headquarters um, in the Shelbyhurst Office Park, which is being developed by NTS Development, a local um, local firm. Uh, they had originally partnered with U of L on that, but NTS sort of taking the lead with U of L sort of kind of exiting that uh, partnership in recent years. So uh, they've got their fifth building that's going to be done in the fourth quarter. So they're almost there. Uh, and then uh, Dean Dorton will be taking the f- entire fourth floor, so the four-story building. They'll take the top floor, about 31,000 square feet. The whole building is about 120. So they'll take about a fourth of the building. And um, I talked to NTS today, and they said they expect to announce some more tenants for that building in the next weeks and months to come. So it sounds like they're close to, they fill those up pretty fast once they're, you know, online and ready to go, they get the anchor in place and then they, you know, are quickly able to get some other tenants in there. Uh, It will be interesting. We've had very little office activity in a positive way 
during the pandemic. Uh, the office market's really just been kind of cratered because uh, so many people right. are working from home. You know, downtown office buildings are still empty because a tons of tons of companies are still doing remote work. So this is one of the first positive office deals we've heard of in months. Uh, and but but it's it's positive for the suburbs, but it's negative for downtown because right, indoor right, will be yeah. relocating from the downtown office space. So uh, they will be uh, exiting a building there. And uh, so it's, it, you know, it's good news for one part of town, not so good news for another part of town. So and that's sometimes the way it is because you're seeing more, a lot of companies are, are choosing to, you know, go out into the suburbs because uh, they, you know, can sprawl out a little bit more and they can, uh, they have more parking and, uh, mm-hmm. They can get free parking, and uh, so uh, you're seeing uh, some of these companies leave downtown, and not as much lately. This is one of the first ones we've seen in a while. But uh, like I said, even with the in the office world, when there's some positive news, there's there's tends to be some negatives to it as well, and because yeah. especially if they're relocating within the city. So, well, you wrote about last year. You know, I mean, this is a pattern that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. But uh, a lot of our office towers are are empty and you know, mm-hmm. the way coronavirus has changed things, I don't know if they're ever gonna be full. Like I think those maybe need yeah. to go to apartments or something because yeah honestly, like I don't think we're we're ever going and maybe I'm wrong. I'm, maybe I'm just not seeing seeing it, but um I don't know that we're ever gonna go back to like downtown office suite type living you know type working and the weird thing is that everybody was pushing the open floor plan you know the collaboration pods and you know getting people close together and now everybody's like oh wait that's a terrible idea we need to go back to a more traditional office layout so yes you know people can push that idea right off a cliff yes yeah i think people are you know the 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 sort of pod collaborative open space will probably go away for some companies uh, the co-working kind of concept is seemingly, you know, falling off a cliff. So yeah. uh, I think companies will. Um, the weird thing is will be, will they need more office space just to space out better? So that's one thing that, you know, real uh, office, you know, brokers are looking at closely is like they may need more space just so they can properly social space distance out. everyone, even, yeah. even after COVID. So that'll be something to watch, the trends. And that won't be just a trend here. That's going to be a trend nationwide. That's how that looks with with office space. Yeah. Uh, in the future, it, you know, my media thought was, well, they won't need as much office space. But then, it, when you give it more thought, like, oh, if you want to have everyone in the office and you have quite a few staff members, then you're probably going to have to take some more office space just to space them out better. Um, yeah. But that's something I think we'll be keeping a close eye on is how that transition looks like in the coming weeks and months. So I think co-working spaces, when COVID's over, I think co-working spaces are going to be big again because yeah. I think a lot of companies that are working at home now probably want a like a, they want a collaboration space, but maybe don't want a full office. Yeah. So I think co-working space, like WeWork or whatever, could be big. But right now, I mean, it's just like. Right now, nobody needs that or or they're getting along without it, just working at home. But I don't think working at home can always just be working at home because I think there is some, maybe not productivity loss, but just like loss of cohesion for an office. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just not seeing you guys. I like I hadn't seen you guys in like 
what has it been, six months or something now? So. Uh, March March 13th, I think, was when we left <laughs> yeah. the office. So. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, it's been, like, a long time. And, like, you know, we used to, like, be in the office. We'd talk about Star Wars or comic, you know, and, like, yeah. you know, just yeah. have, like, conversations and stuff. But And we don't do that as much now because um, because it, we're just not chit-chatting as much as we used to. But, um, but thank God for this show because that can, that can – uh, uh, take up a lot of the chit chat. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, when do you guys think people are gonna feel bullish about downtown again and want to be back downtown? Uh, Haley, I'll go to you on this one. <laughs> I knew you'd go to me, um, because I'm the one that doesn't have a good answer for this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like I feel like people going, people won't feel comfortable going back downtown. Number one, until um, there is a way to keep employees safe in shared office spaces again and shared <laughs> spaces like elevators and lobbies and bathrooms. Right. Um, so I think that's part of the equation. And I think the second half of the equation, at least for Louisville's um, downtown, is there has to be a resolution in the Brianna Taylor case um, because there has to be some kind of um, not necessarily guarantee, but like resolution for mm -hmm. um for people to like start to rebuild again and you know right. especially right. for like, the folks that yeah so that's just my chapter thought. or whatever so yeah um, like there's no way that we can rebuild with this still um kind of hanging over everyone's head right now so that's right. my thoughts <laughs> yeah that's that's the way i feel too and, and you know a lot of people blame the protesters and they say oh that's what's killing downtown but i i think that's not true. I think that's a factor for sure. People are scared, whether it's justified or not. People are scared to go downtown. Um, but I think at the same time, like COVID is causing just as big, like probably a bigger impact because, A, you just don't have office workers down there because they're all, uh, you know, they, there's no reason for them to be there if they can work at home. Uh, and then uh, you don't have tourists down there. So um, because travel has been limited. and um, so I think like until until we're past COVID and like Haley said, until there's a resolution in the Breonna Taylor case, like and, you know, we either uh, we start opening hotels or we, we go back to work, although I don't know if it's going to be like it was before where, where there's tons of people stacked in an office tower. Uh, then I don't think uh, downtown's going to, you know, start feeling like it used to. Like, I think that's why these restaurants are closing. It isn't necessarily because of protesters, but it's just like. You know, half the people that were probably two thirds of the people that were there during the day just aren't there anymore. Because um, anytime you go there, it's uh, you just don't see the the foot traffic you used to. So, so anyway, um, Marty, did you did you have anything to add on that topic? Yeah, I mean, I kind of echo what you're both saying. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of my sources and just getting their feel for it. A lot, of, most of them are still working, at least partially remote. Uh, some of their staff have come back, but. Not everyone. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like now with the Derby, you know, officially coming or Churchill Downs coming out and saying, "All right, we're not having, we're not having spectators at Derby." Um, yeah, I think people were. I think we're just riding twenty twenty off. They're like, "All right, we're," in terms of like getting back to normal. I think everybody hoped yeah. we could get back to normal in twenty twenty, but I think the riding's on the wall that, you know, twenty twenty is probably a lost cause at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably for returning to normalcy. Um, so I think people are really just hopeful. That you know that when we get into 2021, we'll have more answers. Um, 
and 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 things will start smoothing out. I mean, there's no guarantee of that, but I think that's people have sort of kind of shifted their their thinking now to to 2021. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, honestly, the Breonna Taylor thing has to be the case has to be resolved and um, with some you know finality there to that. Um, yeah, but I've been I've been downtown a few times just driving around lately, uh, more so in the last few months than I was several months before that. And I'm not scared to be downtown. I'm just sad because it's really, it's just a ghost town. I mean, yeah, whether you go on the weekend or you go through the week, it's just, just kind of a ghost town. And, you know, there's a number of factors. I I would say, I would agree that COVID is probably the biggest factor, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just really sad. And we were, you know, there was a lot of activity down there before this happened. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's no easy answer. I don't think anyone. Yeah. It's, it's, you're right. I mean, it's just nobody's walking around, really. So, um, just doesn't have that same feel. And it is sad. So, cause it had come a long way, but I really think it'll bounce back. I know a lot of, I've seen people on Facebook, uh, saying, oh, they ruined downtown. It's, it'll, it'll never come back. I'm like, no, it'll come back. I mean, we can have office workers and we can have tourists and we can, you know, have fun events like, you know, baseball games and basketball games and, and that sort of thing. It'll come back. So. Uh, no, I think kinda... I agree. I mean, it'll it'll bounce back. Now, now everything won't bounce back, and it all won't bounce back at the same time. But yeah. I think gradually it will bounce back it, to some extent. So yeah, yeah, I think the recovery process. I feel like the recovery process is going to be drawn out. Like the longer everything else is drawn out, like mm-hmm. just in my opinion, like the the longer it takes for there to be a resolution in the Breonna Taylor case, and the longer it takes for some kind of um whether it's a vaccine or you know some other kind of mechanism to um help get people back in the office buildings like i feel like it's going to take a lot longer if this drags out into you know next spring (laughs) for downtown to bounce back like if this ended back in july like if everything um kind of resolved itself in july i feel like we'd be on the right track heading into you know the holiday season and stuff (laughs) but I don't yeah. know. That's just my thought. Yeah, I, I feel very sorry for a lot of the businesses down there um, because uh, they've had to, you know, close up shop or, or just kind of change what they're doing. So, anyway, I guess that's it. We'll move on to a lighter topic here after that downer. Um, and we got a new national retailer opening uh, uh, something here in Louisville. Gone, is it on Preston Highway, Marty? It's Menards yeah, it's, is open. Uh, yeah, Cooper Chapel Road area. The Menards. Uh, I went back yesterday in researching this, and I think I first wrote about this in 2016. So this store, this store's been four years in the making. A long time coming. Yeah. 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 So they, uh, I wrote the first story in 2016. Uh, we wrote a story in 2017 that they had acquired the land. They bought about 34 acres in that area, uh, and then the store. I would check in infrequently with the uh, Menard spokesman who I've gotten to know over the years and just to get an update. And there was always, you know, like we're, we're, you know, we don't have a date yet. We're, we're still working on it. So uh, he sent over the news today. He's probably glad I was, I'd stopped bugging him at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was like, big news. We, we finally have an opening day. So they're actually opening on, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Monday. I don't want to get my, I've had several opening date stories, so I don't want to get those mixed up, but if it's Monday, August 31st. So, Right. Uh, that's a pretty big store. It's about 200,000 square feet. Uh, if you've never been to Menards, it's 
as you said yesterday, David, it's like Lowe's and Home Depot, but green. Um, they have kind of a green. <laughs> and I don't mean aesthetic. environmental green. I mean the color is green. No, like the so. color is green. I, I, these, comp- these home improvement stores are known by their colors. Lowe's yes. blue. Home Depot's bright orange. Um, and orange is green. So, um, <laughs> But it's very similar. Uh, I think they, they have some things that are like they have a very big lumber yard, bigger than like Lowe's or Home Depot. Uh, yeah. And they have some. They have a really big garden center. That's where I went. I built a fire pit in my backyard and I bought all the pavers and equipment for that at um, Menards because they just had more of a selection. But this is this is the first Louisville store. They've had one in Jeffersonville uh, right off the interstate on Veterans Parkway for about five years. I think it opened in 2015. Uh, yeah. So there has been one in the region, but there hasn't been one in Louisville yet. So this will be the first one uh, on that side of the river. And uh you know, I know there's been some some anticipation of that for Menards fans in the area. So looks mm-hmm. like the wait is almost over. Just a few more days, and it'll people be, seem like it'll be open. Based, based on our website traffic, people seem excited about Menards. <laughs> so yeah, um, you save you guys, money. Part of the yeah, that's, they got a the catchy jingle. So. Like Home yeah, Depot I, and Lowe's do not have catchy jingles, but Menards does. So and um, also like my wife, they're based in Wisconsin, and uh, my wife is from there. So like. Uh, people, people basically worship at the altar of Menards in Wisconsin. So it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's not it's one as of, big, right? It's, one it's of not the, as big. Yeah. No, it's not as, as big as Lowe's Home Depot, Depot, but people, people love Menards. There's another <laughs> store called Fleet Farm that's similar to that in Wisconsin, and people just eat those up, man, up there. So yeah. Um, do you guys visit uh big box hardware stores, Haley? I know you're a new homeowner, so have you? Uh, have you? started visiting these or do you prefer a local place instead of a big box um it kind of depends what i'm shopping for um i have my husband and i have been heading up home depot in new albany uh pretty frequently that's a nice home depot by the way um it's kind of set off um what is that state street in new albany um but we've been hitting that up for you know buying our first lawnmower our first weed eater (laughs) um some of these bigger box items yeah Yeah. some of these bigger box items that are a little cheaper at the big chains than they would be kind of at a hometown spot but when it comes to like um garden supply and some other things like i'm usually hitting up local greenhouses and not necessarily farmers markets but like you know the more hometown feels like i go Mm -hmm. for my plants and um, you know, potting soil and, you know, grass seed and whatever else. Um, I'm hitting up local spots more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Marty, how about you? Are you are you do you have any attachment to any of these uh um big box I tend to or? favor I I tend to favor well lately I've tended to favor Home Depot uh just because I bought I we recently in the last year replaced all of our kitchen appliances. They were yeah. desperately it was desperately needed. Um but uh, I ended up buying it all at Home Depot. I looked everywhere. I looked at Lowe's and Home Depot and Menards. And, uh, they just had the best selection of kitchen appliances, uh, at least in this in this area in southern Indiana where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought everything at Home Depot. Uh, I got a pretty good deal on most of them. I think I got my refrigerator I got for half off, like 50% off. So um, that was a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. But I also checked, nice. like I said, if, when I built the fire pit, I got all the stuff at Menards. So it really just depends on what you need. And some stores mm-hmm. are better than others for certain things. Um, actually, our wa- our washing machine 
uh, died earlier, just a few months ago. And I went to Home Depot to buy one and they were like, Hey, uh, everything that here, we can't deliver it for like a month because oh, of the that's supply the chain. Thing. That's a COVID thing. The supply chain is messed up because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is it ev- like that everywhere? And they're like, the guy was like, yeah, Lowe's, Menards, they're all in the same boat. But he's like, you should go to Charlie Wilson's because they have their own warehouse in Jeffersonville. And they may have they may have some in stock because they have their own local warehouse. It's separate from their store. So I went over there and found the found the washing machine. And they're like, yeah, we've got it in stock. So I ended up going local. I'm a local appliance company. But it was kind of interesting because you had a you had a big box store, you know, recommend a local company because yeah, they couldn't yeah. they could they couldn't meet meet my need and I needed the washing machine sooner than a month. So yeah. um I didn't want to have to go to the laundromat for weeks waiting on the washing machines. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think within four days they delivered uh Charlie Wilson's delivered the new washing machine and so yeah that, that was one case where I had to go local just because the, the all the national guys just couldn't just couldn't get that, it done because of the supply chain issues. That's totally uh I, I can relate. Uh we've just bought a new uh dishwasher and a stove and it took a while to get both those just because of uh the manufacturing you know stopped for a while and and the the supply chains messed up and uh it took a a month on on the dishwasher we got the stove faster but i think we just got in at the right time or something but um but yeah it's it's kind of it's been crazy like that but i can confirm that it's it's like that um i like the I know I'm supposed to be a hipster and say I like local places, but one thing that the big box store does very well is I can order something like if I'm like looking for something in Home Depot, I can type it in on their website and it'll be like all 24 Bay 3 and like I can find it really quick. Whereas I don't know that any local hardware stores do that. They also do the um, curbside pickup. I don't like going mm-hmm. in there. You can uh, you can order it and then go pick it up and they'll bring it out to your car, uh, which I've done that at Home Depot a couple of times and it worked out pretty well. One time I had to wait a little while, but I wasn't complaining too much about it. It was only like 15 minutes. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I like I, I used the uh, the hardware, uh, the big hardware stores. I used the small ones, too. But um, like Haley said, for plants or whatever um or or soil or or any kind of gardening supply but um but you know the the big box stores do some things right there and you know maybe maybe the local chains can learn from some of that or local stores can learn from some of that but um i think that's it for this week we're running long we're like oh i think we're like well over 30 minutes here so yeah 39 Uh, minutes looks like yeah (laughs) yeah it's restaurants fault (laughs) Yeah, it's always with the restaurants. Uh, we always mention restaurants, but when we have you on, Haley, we have like deep discussions about restaurants. So um, you're welcome. Glad to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. So we'll go around the room, and you guys can share your social media handles, and people can find you online and uh, tell you why you're wrong about everything. Um, Marty, I guess I'll start with you. Yeah, you can find me primarily on Twitter at BF Lou Marty. I actually just uh, uh, corresponded with someone yesterday about Top Golf, um, and since I mentioned it, uh, I'll do a quick update here for the Top Golf fans. Uh, that case is still tied up in the Court of Appeals. Uh, if, if you recall, a lot of the courts closed. Most of the courts closed, 
uh, mm-hmm. during the early days of the pandemic and I think open started opening up earlier this summer. So that's delayed that more. So, uh, you know, it's still sort of in limbo. We don't know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, but right. the case is, the case is pending. So if you're wondering where top golf stands, that's what we know as of right now. So, yeah. Uh, so a little plug there. And then uh, the other place you can find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I was doing a little better about LinkedIn and then I've sort of dropped off again. So I need to pick it back up, but, uh, you yeah. can just find me there under my name. So, all right. And Haley, how about you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at bflewhaley. Um, I've been a little behind on tweeting because of all the restaurant news this week, so I'm trying to play catch up and tweet some stuff out. Um, I'm also most active on uh, Facebook, where I'm sharing a lot of my stories in the Louisville Takeout group, um, and I get a lot of really funny responses. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at bflewdavid. I'm also on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm also on uh, Instagram at uh, dman3001. If you like what you hear, you can check us out on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. And uh, that's all for this week. Thank you very much, uh, Marty and Haley. And thank you guys for listening at home. Till next time. Bye.